welcome to the Recovery Coach Podcast, where we focus on person-centered recovery, peer support, and all the recovery things. My name is Allison Broderick. And I'm Seth Harris. Hello, Allison. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Yeah? This yeah. is exciting. We're, we're, we're cruising along at episode seven now. Wow. Which is pretty, pretty exciting stuff. Today, what we discuss is that we're going to talk about how do I address FOMO in recovery? So the fear of missing out for older folks out there that may Who's not Who's to say younger folks don't know? FOMO is. And maybe putting this in the context of JOMO, which would be the joy of missing out. Talk to us a little bit, Allison, about how we came up with this and maybe what this topic entails. Sure. I'd be glad to. So FOMO, if, if you actually just do a Google search or whichever search engine you use of FOMO. Whatever your preference is. Whatever your preference. You may be a Bing or a Yahoo type person. Yeah, multiple pathways. Yeah. So the definition I found in this Google search of mine is FOMO, anxiety that an exciting or interesting event may currently be happening elsewhere, often aroused by posts seen on social media. Ah, social media. Ooh. That's a whole other topic. Yeah, I'm going to make a note for us to bring that up sometime. Yeah. So FOMO, I especially experienced FOMO, fear of missing out, in active addiction slash acting out. It was this urgency. And this is really pre-social media. I mean, we had some mediums like Facebook. But it was this sense of urgency that I had to be at this particular party, this particular gathering, this particular bar, or it meant that I was never going to have fun for the rest of my life. Because it's pretty much extremes. It's black or white. It's all or nothing. Yeah, I can appreciate that. And, you know, actually, now that I think about it, it, even pre-social media, you know, it's like, you hear, oh, this party's happening. If I don't, everybody's going to be there. If I don't go, or I think more appropriate for me would probably be like this concert's happening. Yeah. And like, if I don't see the band, I'll never, I'll never be able to see them again. Maybe Life like is great, over. It may be the greatest concert they ever play. I remember being a kid and like begging my parents, like, "What do you mean I can't go?" <laughs> right. Like I never even factored the possibility of no, I can't, or I. I shouldn't. <laughs> it was like, I will be there. Yeah. Because it's all about me and they need me to be present. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, like, uh, as we were kind of, I was kind of brainstorming this. Yes, I kind of went into this idea of uh, I need to have things just so, which I can totally equate with, you know, my substance use struggles and, and maybe even what people consider like addictive thinking, right? Mm-hmm. I need to have things just so, but more so than that, like always grasping for what I want, like singular focus, maybe, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like the next best thing, instant gratification. Yeah. It's a very, to me, it's a very self-centered outlook. You know, what do I want? Uh, how am I going to get it? Mm-hmm. And I will not accept no. Therefore, I will resort this is for me, to my manipulative ways. I will manipulate the heck out of some someone or something to get what I want. Yeah. 
it's that it's it's so funny to kind of think about it now just the you know and i talk about this all the time perspective shifting but the the perspective in that moment and i think from time to time we can kind of get caught in this maybe not in a fomo kind of way but just like the obsession right yeah it's like the the thing that outweighs everything else yes have to have to yeah when I said instant gratification, I'm currently reading a book, and we will include the link to the book, but it's called Dopamine Nation. It's written by a medical doctor. Her, her name has failed me, but we'll include it. Um, but really, it's about our culture has become so obsessed, in a way, with gotta have, need to have, gotta be present, gotta be here, made a commitment there. There's so much stimuli. I believe in a way, I mean, it it may sound a little hilarious, but it is this fear Mm -hmm. and it's FOMO that if I don't say yes, I'm not good enough. If I don't go to this concert with all my friends, I'll be forgotten. Yeah, there's um, there's this place where it's trying to figure out priorities, I guess. It would be one way to put it. Like, uh, as I think about this, I think about like, okay, well, the reason that there's this like need or this desire to have to have something, the obsession, right, is because it must be tied to something like that's inherently important to me. Now, my mind goes to, well, do I even pay attention to this? Like, is, is am I just kind of going with what I think people want me to be doing? Or am I going with things that I've actually taken the time to think about, like whether or not it's important? So what is essential in that moment? And I think that when... We're in. We're struggling with whatever we may may have going on, and obviously, when we never, if you're a person who's ever struggled with substances or um, a mental health issue or or whatever, it can be difficult to see past where you're at, uh, see beyond anything, and you're you're either singularly focused on trying to be better, or you're singularly focused on trying to continue to doing what you're doing. Yeah. So that becomes... To get away with it. Yeah. It becomes very hard to see anything outside of that. Yeah. And in early recovery, I think you start to get, you know, as it's referred to, like a new pair of glasses about things, right? You can start to see things differently. So what is essential shifts. But I do think that if we're reflecting on why am I, why do I feel like I'm missing out? There has to be something that we feel is high motive, high priority, or is somehow tied to our values. Mm -hmm. Or maybe we have the FOMO because we're not thinking in those terms. Yeah, well, like, which comes first, the the chicken or the egg? Yeah, I I guess for me, I I had FOMO even as a, a child, which I really believe it was a means of avoidance. So what was I avoiding? From childhood to teenage years to my 20s, before recovery, I was really avoiding myself. Mm -hmm. I was avoiding 
sitting in that space of quiet, of solitude, and really of confidence that whether I go or whether I stay, I am loved and accepted just as I am. Mm-hmm. I can't say I had those big thoughts when I was seven years old, but I do believe it's this fear that if I do not attend this upcoming wedding, even though I entered recovery five days ago and it might not be the best decision for right now, if I don't go, then I'm not accepted. And if I'm not accepted, I'm not loved. And then I keep down that rabbit hole. Mm. Well, if I'm not loved, then what's the point? Yeah. And maybe there's a piece of like, you know, our inherent desire, whether we're conscious of it or not, to be connected with other people. Oh, sure. Yeah. And so we, and we can find artificial connection or maybe unhealthy connection, um, not genuine connection in all kinds of places. And, Maybe some of the FOMO is a longing for that, that like connection piece that we're inherently yeah. always seeking. And we're not sure how to really verbalize. Mm-hmm. It's, it's innate. It's intrinsic. It's in our fabric. And especially when I was active in my addiction, I couldn't get in touch with that intuition part of me. So it's almost like a hamster on a wheel. Um, I've heard before the term destination addiction, and I'll, I'll explain it. It's beware of destination addiction. The idea that happiness is in the next place the next job, or even the next partner until we give up the idea that happiness is somewhere else. It will never be where we are. Hmm. And so I know I talk to clients or peers when working with them in terms of recovery coaching. What if you didn't go? What would that mean? What if you went and you felt highly uncomfortable and you left early? What would that mean? And also the notion that recovery is short-term pain, long-term pleasure, instant gratification versus delayed gratification. Delayed gratification is earned. Mm -hmm. It's Almost the icing on the cake. It's a marathon, not a sprint. The guys that I work with, I kind of wish that they would have the FOMO about going to a meeting or something along those lines. (laughs) Uh, I mean, not that that I have anything to do with their program, but it is interesting how they will say, I really really should go to a meeting. Or I need to go exercise. Or I really need to start cooking at home and not eating out. It's interesting the things that we, you know, would, would avoid, would, you know, do whatever it takes to make happen. And right. the other things that are probably better for us, 
We were like, eh, I got plenty of reasons to not want that. Right, right. Or you think about the the guys that you have worked with where maybe during that time together, one time they did decide to go to that meeting. And not only decide, they went. They did decide to make a meal at home. And not only that, they ate it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's after the fact. You almost see joy in their face. You know, it's a, a, a renewed smile. And I feel like that is true and honest, delayed gratification. They earned it. It might have been painful for any of us not to go to a concert, for instance. It, it could be painful in those couple of hours, knowing that all of our other quote-unquote friends are there. However, when I make that decision, almost like I parent myself with the help and support of others around me, and then I don't drink or I don't act out, are you kidding me? Mm. Like the next morning, I feel good physically, mentally, emotionally, even spiritually, and (laughs) financially also. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm glad you kind of tiptoeing into that what's the other side of this or or just thinking about things in terms of again with a perspective shift you talked about the delayed gratification i started thinking more in terms of when i look back on the moment has passed i didn't get to go to whatever i wanted to go to and i kept thinking about all these moments where i'm kind of grateful that i didn't get my way that Mm -hmm. it didn't work out Mm -hmm. I see this. This can happen in in any place. You see it. You know. Oh, I really wanted to get there in time for me to be able to do X, Y, and Z before things got started. And you know. Oh well, if I had, then I would have missed out on the opportunity to have this conversation with this person because we ended up intersecting. It's like a sliding doors kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Some of that I thought was was definitely maybe the joy of missing out. But also, too, this concept of acceptance, like how important is it really? And just starting to put things into context. And if you look back on things that used to be so exciting, now kind of like that stuff is almost boring. Oh. Right? The very day that I think of and it comes around once a year is New Year's Day. Preceding that was New Year's Eve, you know? Oh, that was big. Like, oh, what are we going to do for New Year's Eve? And it's got to be big and grand. And first of all, it never really met my expectations. And now in recovery, it's like, I can't think of something I'd rather not do. Is go out, party it up, whatever that means, on New Year's Eve. Watch the clock past midnight <laughs> yeah. and some of that could be age so i don't know if it, for me it was always so much build up or if, i think what it, when i look back on it for me it was so much of like one not seeing past like the event or whatever i've like hyped myself up for a game or a concert or party or whatever a night out uh, not seeing past that but then also for me it was my ordinary mundane life is not something that I'm happy with. Yeah. And so when the moment's over, I have to go back to that. Right. And the, it's like the 
the fall from what was perceived to be a great joy, happiness, exciting moment. Not that these things can't be fun, but overhype, underperform, and then the like the drop down. The Forget crash. the hangover and all that. I'm just talking about like the emotional, mental, like it's a oh, crash. Now I'm back to my life that I really am not one way or the other about. Right. Reality. It reminds me of biblical reference, I believe, but uh, everything is permissible, but not beneficial. And so my perspective shift over these past few years and in my own recovery has been, well, I can, I can, and I could go out on New Year's Eve and I could return to my old behaviors very easily my drug of choice if you will is on every corner at every store which is king alcohol (laughs) and so i could at any moment do that and return to it but for today it's just not beneficial and so therefore it makes it a choice i it's more than i don't get to it's I choose not to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or I get to do other things. Absolutely. Or I get to let life come at me instead of trying to go at it. There's so much more to the story when I don't try and predict what the outcome is going to be. That's my that's my lived experience in recovery. Yeah. Right. And I'll say to guys all the time, like, if you want a fulfilling life, stop trying to be the one to fill it up. Yeah. Right. So the same kind of concept, like letting life happen in the rooms in AA and in some of these places they talk about life on life's terms. You know, that's kind of what people are alluding to is, is the freedom that you get from, and it's almost adventurous in a way because you're allowing life to just sort of happen. Well, it's freeing. It, it's, and that's what recovery I believe is. It's, it's a freedom. So I have the freedom to choose today and get to versus have to. Mm-hmm. I don't get to versus I choose not to. There's power. And sometimes it's a blessing that I don't get to. Oh, it's unanswered prayer. Yeah. Saved from myself. Yep. Most people who've kind of gone through something, like if you've overcome a, an illness or, a, you know, if you overcome substance use struggle or some kind of addiction or a bad relationship, or even if you've learned how to manage what you perceive to be a mental health struggle, any of those things, I think that that sort of survivor accomplishment personality trait that you take on, your focus is somewhere else. Yeah, You know, they talk about like people who have come out of something dangerous or people that have had their life flash before their eyes, or you experience something traumatic. You just don't see things the same way anymore. Talk about a perspective shift. I yeah. mean, at this point, you're looking at the grander view. I've heard it said before, and it was more in terms of God's will. Someone said, think of God's will as a canyon, not a tightrope. Oh, mm-hmm. Doesn't that just give you so much more freedom to be, to live, mm-hmm. to exist, to thrive, to flourish, to fail, to succeed, knowing that if I go or if I stay, I am loved. I am accepted. That's delayed gratification. I didn't know how to do that. To be honest with you, I can't say I know today how to do it. Perfect. Definitely not perfect. 
well even. I needed to lean on others who had been there before me to show me that bigger perspective. Mm-hmm. And why living life on life's terms is exactly where I wanted to be. I just didn't know how to express it. Yeah, there's a, there's definitely a place where I don't always get it, but I find myself saying, thank God I'm not where I was anymore. You know, <laughs> you learned, I don't know, you learned to accept and surrender. There's that phrase that many of us use, including myself, and I'm not crazy about it, but it is what it is. Um, okay, what is it and what is is, you know, I'm not going to go into all that, but it really is acceptance. When we first started this episode recording a few minutes ago, Seth, you were talking about controlling the show. I wanted to go to a concert and gosh darn it, I was going to go to that concert and not being able to see really the forest from the trees. And it is what it is equates to acceptance. I'm not going to go right now. It may not be beneficial for my recovery and for my yeah. wellness and for the people around me if I went to this concert or mm-hmm. anything right now. Doesn't mean forever. Yeah. And trust us, we are in no way coming down on going to concerts. That is the furthest thing from oh, we're trying to occur. Isn't it so much fun but in recovery? It is a great example. And I'll tell you what was interesting for me is the first time I went to a concert, I've always been a big concert person. And it, it was uncomfortable yeah. because you're used to being in that environment, you know, engaging in certain behaviors, drinking or whatever. But the first time I went, I had somebody else that was in recovery with me. That's great. And I didn't feel so uncomfortable. And it's not so much about like whether you're going to drink or whatever. It's just more about like that peace. Accountability. Yeah. You know, wanting to be able to enjoy the things in life. Without having to do the things that you used to have to do. Right. And choosing, without choosing to do the things that we once did. Enjoy. The word itself, break it up. Mm -hmm. I am in joy. Earlier, you made a reference, Seth, to your old behavior and happiness. Well, I thought this next event was going to make me happy. And then, you know, it happened. It didn't meet my expectations. And there was a crash afterwards because I'm back in reality. So for me, I fully believe happiness, it's another feeling on the feelings wheel. Mm -hmm. And it's fleeting. It comes and goes. Mm -hmm. When it comes, we feel euphoric. It's great. When it goes, there's a little bit of a depression. However, joy is learning to be at peace with me, no matter the circumstances. I heard a metaphor a while ago, and I just kind of carried it with me. I don't even remember where it came from anymore. You know how you got those things? But this notion of we're always trying to seek these mountaintop-type highs. But when things are going bad, like we're really okay to just like dwell in the valley. But the truth is most of life is spent hiking in between those two places. Yes. And I think the contentment or being okay with the hike, that's really the peace, right? That's the joy. That's the the freedom we're kind of alluding to here, the serenity. You know, you get back from vacation, you have to go back to your life. Great. It's part of it. Yeah, that's, that's and, and it's not a letdown anymore, right? Right. Like, I get to wake up now. Yeah, yeah. 
And you get to enjoy the birds chirping in the morning. Oh, outside. the birds were another story pre-recovery. <laughs> I maybe said a few choice words in the blower. Yeah. There was always the lawn guy or gal, yeah. the blower Again, at 6 a.m. different perspective now. We're on the other side of things. You know, you begin to appreciate all the little stuff. Every little thing is not in my way anymore, right? Right. You know, I'll say this. I was sitting in a recovery meeting in my earlier recovery and I might have had a year at that point a year of sobriety and recovery the word FOMO or the acronym FOMO came up and consequently someone also brought up JOMO which is the joy of missing out all of a sudden I just had that epiphany moment I think many of us have that at some point where you're maybe in a meeting or support group and it's like, oh my gosh, I get it now. And I realized, you know what? I was missing out the entire time that I engaged in my addiction and addictive behaviors. I missed out, you know, it gives me chills. I missed out on my son. He was young at the time, maybe four years old, five years old. I missed out on such precious moments because I was so consumed and so obsessed about FOMO and being elsewhere that I couldn't really be there Mm -hmm. for him and with him. That's joy of missing out for me today. Mm. It's not, oh, I shouldn't do this or I should do that. I need to do this or I need to do that. No, I choose. And why do I choose? Because I have faith that everything is going to work out just as God sees it fit. And that I can be in this present moment with you, Seth, sober today. That gives me joy. Mm-hmm. No, that's a great word, and, and I hope that uh, the people that are listening, you know, will contemplate what does that mean for them in their story. It's almost like fear of missing out is more like fear of being present in some context. Ooh, that was deep. You know, because we're always, where's the next thing? How do I, you know, how do I move forward? And uh, our society doesn't make it easy on us, but that's why we have each other. Yeah. Um. Well, that's good stuff. So as always, we are extremely grateful for those of you who listen. Please like, subscribe, share. Please. And let the people know that you got something out of this. It is a joy to hear some of the feedback we have gotten and the impact that some of this stuff seems to make on of those of you out there. That's kind of why we do it. So uh, thank you so much for that. Um, as always, Allison, tell the people where they can get a hold of us. Yes, Visit our website, therecoverycoachatl.com, and you can receive all sorts of information, including contact information. So thank you all again so much, and we will see you next time. 